He's God. That's all. He's yeah. omnipresent. See, He's everywhere. Yeah, no. I just thought I'd leave it hanging and see how it took a hold. You know, He's omnipresent. He that makes Him God, because it's God alone can be omnipresent. So He said, "The Son of Man, which now is in heaven." See? No man has ascended up, but he that come down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. There he was standing on top of a house, yet in heaven. See? He's omnipresent. That makes him God. That only he can be omnipresent is God. Now, tonight, I just got the very heel of Brother Neville's wonderful message to the church. The Lord bless it and add to it. And you see, he left you hanging there on meditation. That's good. Keep that in your heart all the time. And now, we're going to have communion tonight. And that's the time that we all enjoy, I'm sure. I think it's a delight of a Christian's heart is to know that he is coming to keep a commandment that Jesus left us. Uh, these two commandments that Jesus left us, two material things. One of them is the communion service, and the other is water baptism. Otherwise, there's no touch, handle, nothing else left in it. See, Just um, no penance and dragging on your knees and all these other kind of things. It's, it's just water baptism and communion. So we're always happy to come to this, and I believe the Bible said... Uh, blessed is he that does his commandments. You have the right to enter into the tree of life, or into the city, the holy city, for without are dogs, whoremongers, and so forth, which is to be cast away. And then the communion service is always a real strict one because it brings us to a showdown, see? as we'll read in a little while in the Scripture. We have a Brother Brown sitting here tonight, Brother Dow, Brother Brown, and Brother McKinney. I can't think of the other brethren's names sitting over there, but we're glad to have them from up in Ohio. I see Brother Pat Tyler here and, and Brother um, um, Stricker back there, the ministers of the gospel, which is behind me, Brother Collins uh, also, and Brother Hickerson. Now, um, uh, Brother Stricker, how is the wife's finger? Uh, doing all right. Mm -hmm. She had an accident and called me the other night, and time I got in from other calls, it was around 12, 1 o'clock, and I didn't call her at that time. The next morning, she had been sewing, and somehow or another rammed the needle down through her hands and crept around the bone or something. And she tried to pull it out like this out of a sewing machine, power machine, and trying to pull it out, broke it off this way, and tried to get it with her teeth, the little lady, trying to pull it with it, broke it off the other place in her hand. And she said... Just pray and it'll be all right. <laughs> I like that real faith to hold there to that spot. I like that. Sister Stricker's a lovely little Christian. Uh, I don't see her here tonight, so I can just talk about her. Is she, oh, well, I better keep still. She is here, too. Uh, all right. Well, we thank you are anyhow, Sister Stricker. Now, um, Brother McKinney has requested, I believe, here some time ago... That we are sorry, Billy Paul just remind me of it, that of ordination or otherwise scriptural ordination from the tabernacle. Is that right, Brother McKinney? Do I understand it right? Now, it's license is given. Now, this morning, uh, I didn't know I was going to be here to speak, but after coming here and our 
a brother here full of grace and love uh, asked me to come and to speak, and we brought out what church was and what the baptism of the Holy Ghost was Amen. and who has it and who does not have it and how do you know when you got it, see? So uh, if you didn't get the message and the boys that got the tapes there, they can go to our church because it's strictly doctoring all the way through. And then I made this statement that there is no such things as church denominations. There is no such a thing. It's lodged denomination. You're only born into the church. And when somebody says, I am a Presbyterian, you belong to the Presbyterian Lodge. See? Because you're born, I am Baptist, you're born to the Baptist Lodge. Not the Baptist Church. There is no such a thing. And we turned it right back and found in the Bible that to even say such a thing is blasphemy. That's right. Read it right out of the original manuscript from the emphatic diglot that the Bible said that the at this a power called the church is full of blasphemous names, see? calling themselves Christians and setting themselves as Christians, and just living any kind of a life. See, and it certainly compared with a dream that a sister here in the church had that we explained here this morning. Now. The Bible times, the way that they ordained a minister was by recognizing a gift of God in this ministry. Ministry. That's where that I think that our Latter-day Saint, or not Latter-day Saint, I beg your pardon, a latter rain brethren made such a terrible mistake by laying on hands and saying, we give you the gift of healing, we give you the gift of prophecy. There is no such thing. Gifts and callings are without repentance. God gives. God has said in the church, apostles, prophets, and so forth. See, there is no such a thing as one man giving another a gift. Gifts comes from God and uh, God alone. And uh, to come in the church, you're born into it. There's no other way of getting into it. And you're a member of the family and um, of God, being a son and daughter of God, not an organization, um, but a, a member of the family. Now, in the Bible times, like he says, they take the scripture over there when Paul said to Timothy that he had the gift ministered to him. Well, he said it come from his grandmother Lois. See, this gift that come from his grandmother Lois was handed down to him. They noticed in him being a staunch Christian, also a gift of speaking and they laid hands upon him as a recognition. The elders of the church laid hands upon him, recognizing this man and placing the apostolic ministry of laying hands on him, that he would go preach the gospel, sent out by witness of these brethren, that they believed that the gift of God was working in him. That's the way they did also to the ministers, by laying on hands and giving the right hand of fellowship, that to work together as an agreement before God that they seen the gift working in this brother, that he was called for something. And we believed it. And they laid hands on him that God would bless him. And it was a sanction. Just like I could not be uh, someone, as always excuse me, by being Jesus only. 
Jesus only and the baptism using the name of Jesus Christ. I certainly agree with that. But when you're baptized unto regeneration, I cannot believe that, that water forgives sins. No, I believe the blood of Jesus Christ atones for sins. So not baptism unto regeneration, but baptism unto confession. Your baptism is your confession that you believe that this inward work of grace has been done. Therefore, uh, go with the Baptist people when they say coming into the Baptist church, you make your confession baptized into the into their church. That would be all right as far as you're baptized into that church, that uh, Baptist belief. But now to come into Christ, you're baptized by the Holy Spirit, born again. Then when you come to the church, only thing that baptism does is just a, is a testimony that you believe that at Christ died and rose again the third day and you've accepted him as your personal Savior and you are dead anymore to the things of the world, showing to the world that you die with him and are raised with him in the resurrection. It's an outward expression that an inward work of grace has been done. It has nothing to do with giving you salvation. Because the blood of Jesus Christ, the only thing he had to do is just say, go ahead and be baptized, and Jesus wouldn't have had to die, taking death to bring life, always. Because we only live by death. Anything can only live by death. Dead substance is what we live by when we eat. Every day you eat, something has to die for you to live physically. When you say, I don't eat meat, well, I don't care what you eat, you something died. <laughs> That's right, you eat a potato, it died. You eat kale, it died. You eat bread, wheat died. Corn died. Whatever it was, some form of life dies because you only live by dead substance. And then if you have to live natural by dead substance, how much more does it take in something that died that you might live eternally? Christ died. That man can live again, and that only has life. Amen. in Christ. Now, these outward expressions, and we see Brother McKinney, who is an ordained Methodist minister, who has seen the light of full gospel. We believe him, a lovely brother, got a nice family. And he's come to us, and he's trying to hold a little group together there in, in Ohio with Brother and Sister Dow and the rest of the brethren there. And we love him here, and we believe him to be a man called of God. Amen. So, as we did to Brother Jim Sink, to Brother Grim Snelling, to Brother Junior Jackson, to... Brother Willard Christ, uh, everyone that we send out from here, we bring them before this congregation, giving this testimony as like manners you've heard, laying hands upon them that we believe that they are called of God and give our sanction to it and ask God's blessings to go with them. You find something different in, out of the Bible. If you do, it'll be out of the Bible. That's exactly the way they did it in the Bible time, was lay hands upon them and ordination. They laid hands upon the deacons and put them in the church. Everything was by laying on of hands, not signing up a bunch of papers and joining a certain creed or something like that. They laid hands on him, turned him loose in the Holy Spirit and let him go. Amen. Amen. God lead him the way he wants to. <laughs> that's, all, that's the way we believe in doing it. Brother McKinney, we're happy tonight to see you come the way you have come. And the thing that you are trying to do to accomplish something for Christ. And uh, we do not disfellowship any church, any member of any church, Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Catholic, whatever it might be. 
We believe that the Spirit of God deals with individual. And in every church there is Christians throughout the whole church world as so-called today. I believe there's Methodists, Baptists, Presbyterians, Lutherans who love God. And the only thing that they know about Him, they live as close as they can, as close as they know how are taught to live. Some people think all they have to do is just put their name on the book and join the church. That's all they need to do. Mother belonged to a certain church. Daddy belonged to a certain church. Well, that see, that's all they know to do. But Jesus told this ruler of the Jews this morning, except the man be born again, he cannot even see the kingdom of God. No matter what church you belong to. And he said, talked about the new birth. He said, me an old man to enter the mother's wombs and so forth, be reborn. He said, you're a master in Israel and don't know these things? See, uh, the church world gets us so organized and twisted till it's just a bunch of creeds. That's man-made theories uh, set into spiritual things and spiritual things will separate itself from it every time. You, as the old saying is, you can't mix oil and water. It just won't mix. That's all. There's no ingredients there will mix. And that's the way it is now. We believe that the Holy Spirit calls man. The Holy Spirit ordains man. No matter we can lay hands on Brother McKinney or any other minister hour after hour and all day long and give him long sheets of paper, he could sign vows to creeds and it'll never do a thing to him. Let the Holy Ghost strike him once. That's it. <laughs> that does it. <laughs> Nobody has to tell him anything else. He's gone. <laughs> That's all. And then the only thing we can do is a fellowship that we recognize our brother is in that position. God bless you, Brother McKinney. You'll come up here forward just a moment. Brother Neville, Brother Collins, ministers, if you'd like to stand by. We would be glad for you to come up here. Just if you come this way and turn to the audience, brother, right like this. How many knows, brother? Can betting around here? How many pleased to be a godly man? We are happy tonight, brother McKinney, as we stand on the side of you here by your side with this congregation to know that you've accepted the the fellowship of full gospel preaching. That you're determined by the grace of God to hold up the standard of the Bible. Regardless of what anything says about you, take your stand upon God's eternal word in there. No matter what organization you have to kick it sideways, you stand just exactly the way it's from. You stay right here. That's the way. That's the way we believe here, isn't it? Amen. We all believe it that way. May the grace of God ever be with you. Now, you pray your own prayer in a way that God will take our brother, or the evening lights are shining, and the sun is swiftly going down, the coming of Christ is at hand. Yes. My sincere prayer is that God will alarm this boy's soul with such a baptism of the Spirit and unction of what earns say tens of thousands of souls yeah. for the coming of the Lord. God knows we need him in the ministry. And I want you to know, Brother McKinney, is this church and this group of people here, a church is a group of people that's gathered together without organization. That don't make one person here. It cannot be because you come here or any other church and make you a member. There's only one way to be a member of the body of Christ that you're born into. Amen. Amen. 
And God was born in this body, got a call on his life to preach the gospel. We're witnessing this tonight that we're behind you with our prayers. God guide you, my brother. Our Heavenly Father, it just strengthens my soul when I see a, a minister walk up recognizing the full gospel that Christ said that heavens and earth would pass away, but his word would never fail. Then we see you also said when he got through writing the book, whosoever shall add one word to this book or take anything out of it, the same will be taken out of his part of the book of life. Our brother McKinney has seen this. And in the group of brethren where he was fellowshipping, he brought a truth that he saw in the scripture. No one could withstand it, but yet the organization could not tolerate that. So he takes his choice, either follow what man has said or what God has said. God, I, I thank you for giving him courage to take what God said. For the Bible said, let every man's word be a lie and God's be the truth. And he's determined to hold that up. And to show our fellowship with him, or to stand with him in his trials, to rejoice with him in his victory. We are here as soldiers together. The pastor of this tabernacle, I lay hands upon you in the name of Jesus Christ. That you will bless our brother, make him alive in the spirit, fill him with power to preach the gospel. Give him signs and wonders to follow his ministry. And may he be an instrument in your hand consecrated to you in this last days to save thousands of lost souls that's wandering in darkness today. Grant it, Lord, this is our prayer and our faith in our brethren and our confidence and faith in you that you'll answer our prayer for this great needy hour. And our brother's ministry. In Jesus' name we send him. Amen. Amen. Bless our blessing. And may the grace of God ever abide with you and give you the sincere desire of your heart. God be with you. That's the ordination that I know of the Bible. The right hand of fellowship. All that gives Brother McKinney the right hand of fellowship in this church, raise up your hand. Our prayers, our support, to help you to stand on the thing that's God's eternal word, which all heavens and earth will pass away, but it'll still be standing. Because in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The word said, I am the vine, ye are the branches, and the same life that was in the branch, in the Vine pulsates up into the vine and brings forth the same life with the same fruits, with the same works, with the same thing. I know it's the truth because I've seen it fulfilled. Amen and amen. And I love that good old gospel way. Yes, sir. Now, it's maybe getting a little late towards 930, but now we're going to have the communion service. Now, we call it communion, but it isn't communion. Communion is to talk, to commune. Commune is when we stop and talk to the Lord, communicate. 
But now this is called the Lord's Supper. I wonder how some of these modernists that don't say supper anymore and calls it dinner, how they go to work that around. (laughs) It's the Lord's Supper. We just believe the Bible the way it says it. And we want you to know that Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Lutheran, whatever you may be, you are invited and a brother with us if you're born to the Spirit of God and stand here and take communion with us. We believe that these represent the broken body of Jesus Christ. And we believe that a Christian is duty-bound to take it. We believe that a man that's not living right that comes and takes it without being living right eats and drinks damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. That's why those churches calling themselves Christians was found in the Bible full of blasphemous names. You see? Because... Taking the communion and going out and living any kind of a life brings a bigger stumbling block than all the bootleg joints that there is throughout the country. If you see a prostitute on the streets, you know what she is, looks the way she acts and dresses, you know her. But a Christian shouldn't do that. that. If you see a, 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 a place down here that says package store, wines, whiskey, and so forth, you know what that is. That's, that's that place. That's all right. Dancing, ball, so forth. You know what that is. But you expect the people in there to be drinking, gambling, lying, stealing, everything else. That's a, that's a cage of unclean spirits. But when you see a place that professes to be sons and daughters of God, walk in there and the first thing, see them deny the very scripture to fit a, because it don't fit their creed. See him come in there and talk about the work of God doing something and laugh at it. There's that hypocrite. That's that thing that's evil. And see them people come and take in communion and go right out there in the street and live just like the rest of them? That's the biggest stumbling block that they're... I preached here not long ago, the disappointments at the judgment. That booger-legger ain't going to be disappointed when he heard his sentence to go to hell. He ain't going to be disappointed. Neither is a liar or the thief. But the disappointed one's going to be that who thought he was right. Amen. That's, right. That's the one. There sure be plenty of it. We know that. And God have mercy on our souls. This is something that can't be played with. A few weeks ago, there was one sitting here among us alive, a fine brother, Brother Taylor. He's in glory tonight. When in just a moment's time. And now we know that someday we're going. So now's the time to live right. Now's the time. And remember this morning's lesson? These virtues has to be in there before the capstone will even come on it. Oh, you might shout, you might sing, you might speak with tongues and dance. That has nothing at all to do with it. Until these things, scripturally proven and sealed into you, the Holy Spirit seals you in as an individual and you're a son and daughter. We've heard people speak with tongues that didn't have the Holy Ghost. You know that. I've heard witches speak with tongues. Witch doctors speak in tongues and drink blood out of a human skull and call on the devil. Yes, sir. So you, that's not... I've seen witches, wizards. See, the time that a pencil laid down, run up and down the stove plate and played sh- that shaving a haircut. And write in unknown tongues, and the guy standing there just scribble up and down and write and tell exactly what it was saying. 
Now, you know that ain't God. And you know all those things. So speaking in tongues don't mean you're of God. Working of miracles don't prove you're of God. It's the things, the fruits of the Spirit that proves that you're in God. When you see that life sealed away by the Holy Ghost, God let it be. Let that be us. If we've done sin, may the great Heavenly Father forgive us for it. Amen. I'm going to read some of the Scripture of what Jesus has spoke to us through the Spirit. Now, I'm going to read it from the 11th chapter of 1 Corinthians. And I'm going to start at the 23rd verse. For I have received of the Lord. I speak now as Paul is speaking. I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night which he is betrayed, took bread. And when he gave thanks, he broke it and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, This is the cup of the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do shew forth the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. So let a man examine himself, and so let him eat the bread and drink the cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you. Many sleep. For if we judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for the other. If any man hunger, let him eat at home, so that you come not in together unto condemnation, and the rest I will set in order when I come. I would like to say this on communion. Now, that is the great stumble between the reason today that the Catholic Church and the Protestant Church can't emerge together is on this very subject. The Catholic takes it as a mass. And he's hoping by some merit, legalistic, that he has done, and by keeping this order, that he will be forgiven of his sins. The Protestant takes it with thanksgiving that his sins is forgiven because he has obeyed a commandment. Now, the bread, the Catholic says, that it is the literal body, and this is the Scripture that they use from Corinthians here, 1 Corinthians 11. Said Jesus said, Take and eat, this is my body. The Protestant says it represents the body. The Catholic says it is the body. And that the, the priest has been given power of God to turn the wafer into the literal body of Christ. Now, if you notice, Jesus' body had not yet been offered when he said, This is my body. Amen. He broke the bread and said, Take and eat, this is my body. His body had not yet been broken. <laughs> so their, their own scripture... The only thing they're using to bring condemnation upon their own doctrine. Yes, Jesus took this bread and broke it and gave it to him and said, This is my body, take and eat. And here he was standing here in his body. That had never been broken yet. <laughs> Anyhow, 
The Scriptures won't lie. They'll keep themselves clear at all times. Amen. So we believe that. And we believe that when we come together, he said, tarry one for another, another way. Wait on one another. The word tarry means to wait. Wait on one another. Now, as it's been accustomed to us, we take that scripture in this way. That when we do this, that we just bow our heads and the congregation prays for we pastors. We pastors pray for our congregation. That's why we wait on each other by serving each other, by praying you pray, God, forgive my pastor. If there's anything in his life that they have done, you forgive them for it. Forgive them. They didn't mean to do it. And we come right back to the pastors praying for our congregation. God, this is a little flock that you give us to watch over. If there's anything wrong in their life, take it away, Father. They, uh, so we can all stand together around fellowship, around the, knowing that we're coming here, keeping the order of God and taking the communion. I think it's a sweet time of fellowship. Let us pray now as we bow our heads silently. You pray for us. We pray for you. Father, as we take this communion, as we call it communion, it is in remembrance of you. And when this little beaten wafer touches our tongues and goes into our mouth, may we recognize that he was bruised and mashed, torn for our sins. And that veil that hid him from us now he's in us, the Holy Spirit. And when we receive the wine, may we realize that it was by his stripes that we are healed. By his blood we are saved. The life that was in the blood. Now, Father, gather us together for this solemn occasion for giving our sins. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. I believe now that the elders, one of them, will come forward here. That I believe that usually was Brother Taylor's job, too, wasn't it? To come forward to call to the communion. I wonder who would take that place. Brother Tony, will you do that? Brother Zabel here will come forward and direct row by row as we come forward, taking the communion and returning to our seats. Do you know that communion has divine healing in it? When the Israelites in the type took the communion and marched 40 years, and when they come out of the wilderness, there wasn't a feeble one among them. Two and a half million people. There is power of healing in the communion. Everybody's welcome now. And our sister, if she will come to the piano, she plays this song. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, where sinners plunge beneath the flood, lose all their guilty stains. May your sins be forgiven, children. May the grace of God ever be with you while we're in this journey. May we all meet on the other side, happy and young again. 
Amen. As I hold tonight in this little charger here, it's the bread that represents the flesh of our Lord, as it's been made a kosher bread by Christian hands. And now it comes to us as a token of the broken body of our Lord. Let us bow our heads. Heavenly Father, this precious atonement this sacrifice that you made for us. We see in this bread the suffering and tearing of your body. Oh, it bleeds our hearts, Lord, to tears and humility when we think that God would be made flesh in order to tear himself to pieces to make an atonement to fulfill the justice that's required. And then by grace, without anything at all, we're invited to come. How we thank Thee, Father. Sanctify this bread now to its intended purpose and cause. And whosoever shall take it, may they have eternal life dwelling within them. May they never perish but live eternally with God. Give them health and strength for the journey. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible said, like manner, he took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, this is the blood of the New Testament, as often as you drink it, you show forth the Lord's death till he comes. I hold in my hand the, the fruit of the vine that represents the blood of the Lord Jesus. It's been said by many that they wouldn't take wine, regular wine, because that it was a, an alcoholic, that uh, it was a beverage, and they should not take the wine to take grape juice. The reason we take wine is because the Bible said wine. All translations gives it wine. Another reason. Older wine gets, the better and stronger it becomes. Grape juice sours within a few hours. The blood of Jesus Christ gets sweeter and better as the years goes by. It never sours or contaminates. Our Heavenly Father, I hold in this charger tonight the blood of the grapes that represents the blood of Jesus Christ. And now in this, his stripes we were healed. In his blood we were saved. And the poet said, ever since by faith I saw the stream thy flowing wounds supplied. Redeeming love has been my theme and shall be till I die. Father God, that is our theme tonight. The love of God that's shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. 
Sanctify this wine, Lord, for its intended purpose. And as we drink it, remember, it represents that suffering there at Calvary. When cruel mocking thorns pressed his vile brow until it broke through the skin and the blood came out. When a scourging whip, a cat and nine tail with lead sinkers on the end of leather, beat into his back until his ribs showed through. Roman nails drove through his feet and his hands, and a spear went through his heart. That was love for us unworthy ones. Shamefully do we bow, Lord, that it cost the Son of God such a price to redeem us. And then, high in our spirits, we lift up our adoration to Thee that You give us grace to come. And the assurance, You said, Whosoever eats my uh, flesh and drinks my blood has everlasting life, and I'll raise him up again at the last day. How can it fail when it comes from such lips? We shall rise again. So, Father, tonight, while we're standing here healthy as we know, and by your grace are strong and healthy and mentally right, we come to take this to show to you we believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord. We accept Him as our Savior. We believe Him as our God and King. Sanctify this wine now for its intended purpose and every person that takes it. May they receive divine grace, the Holy Spirit, good health and strength to serve God throughout their span of life. Through Jesus Christ's name, amen. Thou Lamb of Calvary, say, Scripture reading in the book of St. John, the 13th chapter, we read, beginning with the second verse of the 13th chapter, Supper being ended, the devil now hath put into the heart of Judas Issachariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing the Father, had given all things into his hands that he come from God, and he went to God. He rises from the supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself. After, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, does thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, what I do now thou knowest not, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. 
Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, not only my feet, but all, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, He that is washed needs save to wash his feet. But you are clean every whit. Ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore he said, You are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garment and had sat down again, he said unto them, Know you what I have done to you? You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If thou then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done unto you. I think that is one of the most beautiful verses. I have given you an example that you should do as I have done unto you. We should do to each other in commemoration of this. It's been a practice of the church, of this group of people gatherings, ever since we began and before this tabernacle was ever built, when we were yet in cottage prayer meetings, we practiced feet washing. Our sisters go to the room in the back. Our brethren go to the room to the right, and we observe feet washing. Strangers, if you're with us tonight, we're only happy to have you to fellowship in these uh, ordinances of God. I might explain, as I said a few moments ago, the thing that God left for us to do, water baptism, one article, communion, and you remember that's only two. God is perfected in three. Feet washing is the third. And we remember that years later, even in the Bible, some people try to say it's not necessary. Certainly, I don't mean to say that people's feet need washing. That isn't it. Maybe theirs did not either. But it was an act of humility. It's an it's a act of, of doing just as essential as water baptism. Because he has said here that I have given you an example that you should do to each other as I have done to you. And we find out that a widow could not be brought in among the people unless she had lodged strangers and had washed the feet of the saints, showing ourselves humble. Uh, if anything, that we want to be is humble, because that's the secret to power, is through humility. And you're always uh, happy uh, when you come out of these things of doing them. It's a blessed order of fellowship that we observe here at the church. And now, I wish to announce now that next Sunday night will be services here. Just want to come in, some calls come, some people coming to be prayed for way up from Toronto, Canada, to be here next Sunday night. I've got a dedication of a brother, L.G. Hoover's church. It's on the bulletin board next Sunday at 11 o'clock at Elizabethtown, Kentucky. Then to be back here for the following this next coming Sunday night, and then we go to Shreveport from there. And we're happy to have all of you with us through the day. And at times when we, when if you're around here in the city anywhere near, come out. We want to assemble and gather ourselves together. We want to sit under the teaching of our brother here, Brother Neville, and, um, and partake of the things that's of God. As he finds them from God, he gives them out. And... 
And we want to learn of God. And seeing the day approaching, we must assemble ourselves more off together. We must love in our hearts to come to church. If we don't love church, love God coming together, what we call church, is coming together to worship. If we love Christ, we worship again. Do you imagine a man saying he loved his wife and he hadn't seen her for a long time, passed right by and say, well, I'll see her some other time. See, that is a wife saying she loves her husband or a parent saying they love their child. Well, it shows, see. And I think our expressions that we should constantly long to be in worship, anywhere to worship the Lord. When we come together to worship Him, worship Him at home, worship Him while we're driving our cars, wherever we are, worship the Lord. Just pray. The Bible said, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And then he said, praise ye the Lord. Even if you haven't got any breath, still praise the Lord. <laughs> See, praise, everything that has breath, praise the Lord, and then praise ye the Lord. I think Psalms 100, 100 Psalm. Now, the Lord bless you. And as we sing now, uh, again, the brethren will go to this room and the sisters to that room for feet washing. As we stand now for dismissing, and you that have to go, while you, you are be dismissed in a moment, but then we'll gladly invite you at any service that we got, come and we'll try to do the best for you that we know how to guide your soul to the foot of Jesus Christ. Take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of it will joy and comfort give you. Oh, take it everywhere you go. Precious. Now turn around and shake hands, each one. Oh, how sweet. Oh, power and joy. As we bow our heads, we sing, Take the name of Jesus with you as a shield from every snare. When temptations round you gather, a breather. Precious name, oh how sweet, oh Father, joy of heaven. Precious name, oh how sweet, oh Father, As we bow our heads humbly, we're going to ask our brother McKinney here to dismiss us in a word of prayer. And immediately afterwards, you that have to go may leave. The rest will gather in the rooms. God bless you, Brother McKinney.